How are you doing? How are things? Not too bad, no. Very good. Excellent. There you go. Looking well. I'm enjoying myself here. So congratulations. Um, it looks a bit sunnier. The last time I was talking to you, it was kind of, is it is the weather improved or is it just? Yeah, I mean, I, I we had that one week of good weather there when I was in the mountains. That was incredible. And when yeah, you weather. say that one week, that was the week that you did your climb to on Fitzroy. That's, is that the kind of like the magical thing when you're looking that you actually get the, the break in the weather? It's like you were watching you know, looking out for that. Yeah, completely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, you, you pretty, you, you like, you check the weather forecast every day. And a lot of times you'll see something at the end of the forecast, but lots of time it will disappear when the date comes closer. And this one just, it just stayed and it grew bigger. And, and then like the day before I checked the weather and I saw it was still there and it looked really good. And I just, I just got really, really excited. I had this, 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 um, this thing had jumped into my mind, you know, some, somewhere in, in the long winter nights and um, of trying this traverse, the whole traverse of the whole Fitz range. And I saw, I saw this window and I just got, I just got really excited. I, I didn't think I was ever going to get it. You know, it's more like kind of a, I thought, you know, it wouldn't hurt to just like dream about it and just, start planning it and look at the guidebook and see if I could piece it all piece it all together and then yeah this 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 window just appeared right on my 40th birthday like no. <laughs> yeah I saw that and just let people know there's the highest Fitzroy people will know that it's the logo of Patagonia isn't it they use exactly. that range and it's yeah. it's 10 peaks and you I love the name you came up with the name I, I presume you called it the the reverse moonwalk yeah, I called it, I called it the Moonwalk because uh, the, I don't know. I thought it would just be a fun name because uh, the Fitzrange Traverse was done first in the other direction. I did, I did it from south to north. First solo as well, is that right? Or I mean, that's a major yeah. achievement to do that. My very special guest this week is the world-renowned climber Sean Villanova O'Driscoll, who has put the last thirty months in lockdown in Patagonia to record-making use in what is already considered one of Patagonia's most iconic climbs ever, Sean completed the first solo traverse of the Fitzroy Massif in Argentina in February this year. Colin Haley, one of the world's top climbers, said of this climb, there is no doubt that this is one of the most impressive solo ascents ever done in Patagonia. And I can't help but wonder if it isn't simply the most impressive ascent ever done in Patagonia in general. As well as being a great climber, Sean also loves, he's famous for his playing the tin whistle and he's been learning the Elam pipe while in lockdown. So make sure at the end to listen to a lovely rendition there from Sean at the end. Sean is considered a genius by his peers in adventure climbing and I hope this interview shows his love for climbing, the mountains, and Patagonia in particular, shining through. The interview is in two parts. I originally interviewed Sean in winter and again last week. Listen now to how he did that already famous climb and learn how he got to that point. Unbelievable, and it's great to see you're getting recognition all over the world. So it's, I'm delighted to see that. I mean, it's brilliant, isn't it? Fair play. Yeah, it's incredible, yeah. I mean, I can't get over the amount of attention it's getting. Yeah, I suppose it's like, I suppose it's like a really obvious line that, can, that people can really understand, you know, uh, and uh, that that speaks to the imagination and that people can understand that is difficult and long and hard and also well maybe also people are just 
happy to be talking about something you know something different than the pandemic and all that and something exciting and i always say everything there's a silver lining for everything so the fact that you were stuck in patagonia in chelton for you've been there for like 13 months i think you know so this came out of that really didn't it completely yeah yeah yeah. i just i just can't get over how like everything lined up and and everything just fell into place you know this was just like this was just a thought that was in my mind and it it was like a dream you know i never thought it was really going to happen and then just everything just kind of fell into place and and uh even on the traverse like i I guess mentally i was just so prepared by like because i'd visualized visualized it so many times and i'd studied the guidebook and taken notes and everything that during the traverse everything just flowed and it felt really everything felt very natural you know obviously i had my setbacks my rope got damaged on the very first day my haul bag broke and and uh, yeah I, i had some setbacks but like yeah they just they just they i mean it didn't really matter to me. Like it was just, uh, I was just excited to be there and to finally be living this, this thing that I'd been dreaming about and preparing, you know, and I was just so happy to be up there on my own and living this experience. And the whole time during the whole traverse, I I was just motivated and excited the whole time and happy to be there. You know, I would, I would wake up every day before, before my alarm clock, like right before my alarm clock, I would wake up and I was, feeling full of energy and happy to get going and just full of energy the whole time and you used to meditate is that right every morning you would meditate before you would so and you no phone is that right so you were just it was sort of not just doing this thing but it was getting you know being on your own and no contact with the outside world that was part of it wasn't it totally yeah yeah to me like what really motivated me to do this was um was to live this experience of being out there in the mountains on my own and move over that terrain. You know, I, for at first my plan, my my plan originally was not to tell anybody that I was going to do this and just just do it and not tell anybody about it. But then the day the day I left, the morning I left, I told my friend uh, Juan on whose land I'm living, and then I told Rolo, the local guidebook author, because I wanted to get uh, his thought on the on the, the the forecast the weather forecast the winds like he he's he re, he's very knowledgeable about the forecast and everything so i just wanted to get his uh, opinion on the the weather and so i told those two two they're the two only people i told and then somehow when i got back to town a week later the whole world knew like i had <laughs> my inbox was full and and yeah i got like thousands of messages and yeah it was crazy and you, your plan was you gave yourself 10 days to do it, didn't you? But you did it in six. Yeah, yeah. Like just estimating, estimating how long the traverse would take. Obviously, I didn't know because it hadn't been done before. I was the first to do it on my own and on your own. You're a lot slower and everything. And uh, the two the two guys that had done it before as a team, Tommy and Alex, they're, they're the best climbers in the world and they're extremely fast and they climb everything, simul climbing, climbing at the same time. So I calculated that I need I would need at least ten days. So I, I had ten days of uh, provisions and everything like that. I knew I wasn't getting ten days of weather, but mm. I thought you know uh, might as well I might as well try. And uh, yeah, I, I ended I ended up doing it in six. Yeah, which yeah, I mean I was surprised that I was able to move that fast over that terrain with such a heavy backpack yeah. on my own and everything. 
I, I don't know what happened. It's just everything fell into place and it just, everything flowed. And I just, I just tried to keep a rhythm the whole time. You know, I was trying not to go, not to, not to go fast, but just to keep a good rhythm and keep moving, you know, and wake up early and finish late. And like I said, I felt full of energy the whole time. I never really got tired or anything. And I, I was saying to myself, like, as I started, I, I told my, I was, I was saying to myself, okay, Sean, this is a marathon, not a sprint. So take your time, keep your rhythm, and just enjoy the the process. And yeah, I managed, that's exactly what I managed to do, you know. And but that's exactly what I I I, I also that's exactly what I I visualized and everything, you know. The the winter nights here in Patagonia are very long, so I spent a lot of long winter nights in my caravan, and I would just dream about this traverse and visualize it, and you know, try and visualize what it would feel like and how how it how I would move over the terrain and everything. And, and somehow, uh, you know, I was prepared when, uh, when it happened. I saw a video that you put up a while ago and you, you it was like, you were messing. It was like a parody. I think it might've been to the Rocky music or something, but it showed yeah. you like in the river and lifting logs. And, and then I saw a good comment from someone underneath and said, you're joking, but not really. <laughs> probably said that is your train. And that what probably was your training. Was it? It was. It, it, actually it was yeah like the whole winter long and everything the whole winter like I, I would I would uh, like that was kind of my morning routine you know I'd get up and go to the river you know uh, jump into the river you know sometimes it was like minus 10 or minus 20 degrees celsius it was freezing there was snow like a meter of snow or whatever and every day I, I, I went into that river every single day and then I would go for a run and do some push-ups and pull-ups and lift logs and do some stretching and stuff like that too so when you were doing your days, like how long were they? You'd start climbing at around five in the morning? Yeah, just like uh, when the light, oh. so yeah, I would wake up around four and then yeah, around, around it was more like around six, the light, the first light would appear. And then, um, so I'd start climbing around six and then I would, yeah, just keep moving all day, just focusing on keeping a good rhythm. And then, yeah, I would finish around 10 o'clock at night find a good place to pitch my tent and uh, to, to and then I would have to start melting snow to get water for the next day for cooking that evening itself and then for so I, I'd finish around I'd finish uh, I'd finish that stuff around midnight or some a little after midnight and just and for, I, for people that don't know like when you say your tent I mean you're literally your tent is hanging off the mount off the off the side of the mountain isn't it off the rock yeah, face sometimes it is. yeah there was one there was one, uh, one or two uh, spots that I found that were tiny little ledges, you know, just the size of a, of a kitchen table or something like that, where my tent would just barely fit on. Half of it would be hanging off the edge of the cliff, you know. You wouldn't want to roll over in the middle of the night. But uh, yeah, the, 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 it's just I was really lucky too, like with the spots that I found, you know, and to find the place uh, that comfortable right when I needed it, you know. I was, I was extremely lucky. I can't get over the luck that I had, you know, and there was one day I stopped early because of there was strong winds and I couldn't repel. It was kind of dangerous to repel in the strong winds. And right then there was, uh, there was this perfect little flat ledge for me, you know, to put my tent, it was perfect. And I, I could stop early and rest a little longer and uh, enjoy the sunset and enjoy the moment. And play your tin whistle. Play some tin whistle, yeah. I played tin whistle on, on every summit and every little bivy, you know, spot, you know, anytime. Yeah, I and mean, the way the was, you know the way it worked, it was working for you. Did that give you energy then? Did that? Did you never feel tired or? 
yeah, yeah, like I said, yeah, yeah, I never really felt very tired or exhausted, no. And the tin whistle definitely helps to like to relax mm. and to like to get into the moment and just to remind yourself that to enjoy yourself and to to, to be in the moment, you know. The tin whistle do, definitely helps. Do that. you know that moment like when it was um your birthday and you're halfway through, are you kind of nervous because it's kind of you've still got the bit to go or were you just in the zone at that stage i have to say i was i was very much in the zone and i didn't really care i wasn't really looking at the the the, the end uh, you know i wasn't really looking at doing the whole traverse I, it was more just like all right let's let's uh, enjoy the moment and see how far we can get you know even the very first day when when um when my ropes were damaged uh, I was convinced I wasn't going to get very far because with damaged ropes, you can't like the, the, your main rope is what you need, you know, for climbing and rebelling and all that. And uh, but I just said to myself, all right, I'll tape it up so I don't see the core. I don't see the damage. I'll just put some tape on it and, and then I'm just going to keep moving and see how far I can get, you know. And and uh, yeah, somehow the rope held out all the way, all the way to the very last rappel, my very last rappel, the sheet of the rope came off the, the core and it slid down. And so my rope was completely destroyed on the very last rappel. And I was happy then there was only walk. There was only walking left from then on. I didn't need the rope anymore. So the rope had done its job, but just, uh, I can't get over the luck I, I had, you know. Just, that's sort of uh, fate, you know. isn't it? When that happens, like in your last, yeah. I mean, that's amazing. How did you feel then that, that moment when you were finished? Were you, is it elated or just, I don't know. how? I was super happy. I was just like, it was like a dream come true, you know, and I was still, I was still like, I was still like reminding myself to like live the moment. And, and yeah, it, that's kind of when the fatigue set in too, like just when, I, when it was all finished and done, like all of a sudden I could feel the fatigue come into me. Like before that I was feeling energized the whole way. And that's when I got tired and I started walking back and um, to town. And I, I had plenty of time. It was only early afternoon, so I had plenty of time to make to, to make it all the way back to the town. But uh, there was this beautiful little uh, place in the meadows with a boulder and everything, and a little stream. It kind of looks like like the, like some mountains in Ireland or something, like the like maybe the Morns or something. <laughs> just a beautiful little spot. And I was like, oh, I'm not ready to go back to town yet. I'm just I'm going to spend another night here and enjoy this this moment you know so I, I stopped early in the afternoon and i stopped there put up my tent and just rested and soaked it all in went for a dip in the in the little stream and uh, found some berries like some wild berries i could eat and just enjoyed the place and just enjoyed that that moment and it, it was like a dream come true really and then the only reason that i was i was anxious to get back was to make sure that my friends weren't worried you know the two people i had told that they weren't worried that because it, it, it had been a while it had been six days or it was yeah it's been six days so i was worried that they that they that they would be worried and that they would try to start off a rescue or something so the next day i, I walked to town early and i walked into my friend's house and and uh yeah all of all, all of a sudden the whole world knew about it yeah it was very emotional was it when, when, when very it emotional very emotional yeah and then yeah. The, the, the word got out around the world which is brilliant and it's it's lovely that it's patagonia because i associated patagonia with you so much and and um you know so it's lovely that it's it's um that it's all come together i have to say congratulations 
Yeah, thank you so much. Thank you, Fergal. Yeah, it was like I said, it was like a, yeah, it was like a dream come true. I don't know how, I don't know how, I, I just feel extremely grateful and lucky that everything just happened like, like it did. So, Sean, you're very welcome yeah. to the podcast. Um, can you tell me how you pronounce your full name? Because I, I want to, I, I, I make you up, either. I call you Villeneuve, but... I have a tendency yeah. to make words up. So how do you pronounce your full name? Yeah, it's Sean Villanueva O'Driscoll. Okay, and what is the Villanueva part? My father is Spanish. Okay. He's from Madrid. Okay. Yeah. And I have been following you for years. And I, do you know what? I always, I couldn't figure out, are you Irish? Are you not Irish? And it was only this week when I started looking you up that I discovered you're Belgian, officially, by birth. No, no. I, well, yeah, actually, yeah, I was born and raised in Belgium, yeah, but but my, I don't have the Belgian nationality. My nationality is Irish. Is it okay? You have an Irish passport. Yeah, I have an Irish passport and Spanish, but uh, I don't have the Belgian nationality. But okay. but I was born in Belgium. So so when people ask me where I'm from, I I tell them. I tell I usually tell them I'm from Belgium because that was where I was born and raised. Okay. If they ask me what nationality I am, I tell them I'm Irish. Because yeah. you you have the most Irish accent. You you have a more you have a stronger Irish accent than me. <laughs> <laughs> Did you well, spend loads of time summers in Ireland or? Yeah 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 yeah. I spent uh well when I was when I was when I was young I used to spend all my su- summers summer holidays in Ireland and. Uh, every Christmas, uh, usually I'm every every single Christmas uh, I'm in Ireland with I have a lot a big family, lots of cousins and aunts and uncles and and you yeah. very much um, so you got that from your mother I presume you have a very strong Irish identity and you're I would think you're known as I call you the tin whistle climber so yeah, 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 you're yeah. famous you have your tin whistle and you're I watch I love clips of you. You know, you you produce a tin whistle and sunsets, or you're hanging off some ledge, and the tin whistle comes out. Yeah, it's the perfect uh, instrument. Yeah, yeah. easy for, to carry. For, for, I mean, to carry around, yeah, for the mountains, yeah. So it's very small and light, and it's you know, it's it's a it's a it's a great instrument. Yeah. And I saw a great clip of you. I think that was yesterday on, on Instagram. Whether we were singing "Oh Row" or you know that song "Oh Row." <laughs> Am I right? Is that yeah. yesterday? <laughs> it was brilliant yeah, hanging yeah. off hanging right. off a mountain um, yeah so so that was that was last week um it was the first decent weather window you know since since the whole uh, winter and everything and i was up in the mountains and it was a perfect day like it was it was nice and warm and you don't get many of these kind of days in in patagonia here you know and things just felt so easy especially after this cold winter where everything's hard like tying your shoelaces is hard you know and it was nice and warm and everything felt so easy up up in the mountains and the, and it was amazing to be rock climbing and it felt so good to be back back in the mountains and so so i i, I sang you know welcome welcome home now that the summer's coming you know, and it felt like the summer was coming. So, yeah. So your whole life, you to introduce you to people, you are a climber. Um, 
what would you call yourself? Would you call yourself a rock climber or what? To, or just a climber? Yeah, I, I usually say I'm a rock climber. Yeah. And you've been doing it all your life. Yeah, uh, since I'm 13 years old. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm mostly known for like what's called big wall free climbing. So it's like uh, huge, the biggest rock faces in the world, multiple days, and a lot of times they're in the mountains. So it's kind of a crossover between like uh, mountaineering and climbing and all that kind of stuff. But what I really love to do is like huge, giant rock faces. And I noticed, I don't know what site I saw it on, but it was interesting because it said your career highlights. And the first thing that you had on it was a Snell's Law mirror wall in the burn. Oh, really? Yeah. I don't know Brilliant. what website I saw that, but I was impressed. So your first career highlight was the burn where, where I'm from. I'm from Clare, so... Yeah, impressed. yeah, yeah! I love that place. Yeah, yeah, it's brilliant. Yeah, yeah. Is yeah. that on the no. sea? Is that a, a, a yeah. case? Is it? And even yeah, there, Aladid's next to Doolin, and uh, yeah, it's a, a beautiful place next to the sea. Beautiful sea cliffs. I noticed that, that from reading some of your articles, what comes across is your love, your passion for climbing enthusiasm yeah absolutely i i mean i i love what i'm doing you know, otherwise i wouldn't be doing it but uh, yeah i feel very privileged to be able to live this life and to be able to you know travel around the world and climb all these in all these incredible places and visit like some of the most beautiful places in the world and clip of yeah. you recently you were in a tent and you opened up the tent and it was sunrise and it was yeah. just I'm a big sunrises and sunset are my yeah. thing. But to yeah. be up a mountain, to be hanging on a ledge and open up your tent and see that, it must be amazing to wake up in the mountains. Oh, it's absolutely, yeah. It's one of the most magical moments, you know, you could you could ever live. You know, it's absolutely incredible, you know, to be way up there out in the middle of nowhere and, and just, you know how it is, like the light and the, the, the sounds and just the, the power of it all, you know, the, the energy and, and the... Yeah, yeah, absolutely magic. Some of the longest times I spent on a on a wall, like without touching the ground, it was it's up to like twenty days on on a on a big rock face without on a vertical world, you know, without touching any ground, without walking, you know. When you come back down after twenty days of hanging, it almost feels strange. Your legs feel weak, you know. It almost feels strange strange of, that you, of walking you know because sometimes we get stuck in bad weather and stuff like that and so we spend days hanging in these like small hanging tents you know mm. called portalage yeah you're 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 in a different world you know and but i absolutely love that stuff and then when you come back down off the mountain you know you, you learn to like appreciate all, all the little little things like the little comforts and stuff like that and like being warm and like having running water like just you have water coming out of a tap you know it's so easy and or, or just a hot shower and things like that are absolutely amazing you know or just food that you can eat or like or just have as much water as you want you know to have water you need to make water you need to melt snow and stuff like that and Everything is difficult, you know, and when you come back down, yeah, you just appreciate everything, you know. Well, even up there, you appreciate yeah. it. But it's a lovely week. I've done lots of uh, trekking. So that's, you know, like say in Annapurna and in India. And I, I did Tour Silpania and um, you're right. Like I remember in Tour Silpania, you know, I spent the whole time just think 
about the steak. That's the whole focus was that steak I was going to have when I came down, you know. It makes you appreciate those things more, yeah. doesn't it? It was actually it was actually in Torres del Paine that we spent uh, 19 days on the wall. And uh, yeah, it was uh, we had very bad weather. We had it was snowing almost every day, and uh, yeah, I loved. I mean, Torres del Paine is an absolutely amazing place, and it was on the central tower. We climbed the east face of the central tower, so that's the the, the big tower of the three towers, and uh, yeah, we did a we freed a, a line, which means that. Like free climbing is when you use your hand and feet and you ha your ropes are only there to, to protect yourself in case you fall, but you don't use the ropes to go upwards for upwards progression or you don't use pitons and you don't pull yourself up on, on the gear. You just, and we freed a line that was uh, a British uh, a British route that was offered by, by Paul Pritchard and by some wow. Brits, yeah. And it was, yeah. A, it was absolutely amazing. And did you run out of food on that trip? Did. We did run out of food. We only had food for fifteen days, so so the last uh, the last the last few days we had to ration, and we were like we'd we'd have us like one meal a day, you know, it was a soup or something, and uh, yeah, we we got we we lost a lot of weight in that on that climb. And how was your energy levels? Like, did you find that? Yeah, it was yeah, it was okay. You know, it was it was okay. You kind of your body kind of gets used to like. Mm to burning fat you know and stuff like that but you yeah. really appreciated that soup every 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 mouthful i remember many years ago being being on uh with a mate being on uh in his year and uh we didn't have enough money so we had to all we could buy was like one we stayed over and we just had enough for you know we had enough for drink but we didn't have enough for food for some reason and uh, we just had enough for one packet of uh chips and we're eating one chip and they were again the best chips i ever had one chip at a time you know <laughs> exactly that's 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 how how those yeah, soups were, were tasting every day you know and uh yeah i i remember like uh there was at one point we were in our tent you know because sometimes we we're st stuck in this tent for for th three days in a row you know without being able to move really you know and my friend was having a lot of was having a hard time because he was always thinking of food you know and he's like sean how how do you do this? Like, how, how do you manage not to think of food? You know, I'm like, oh, no, it's no bother to me. You know, I don't need to think about food. I'm not hungry. I'm, I'm fine, you know. And then one, one night, um, I was dreaming that I was putting this uh, chicken in the oven and I was pulling out this chicken and the juice was, uh, it was all juicy and everything. And, and the, the fat was like dripping off it. And I started cutting into it and I, I started putting a, a, as you know some chicken into my mouth and I was chewing away and I was like there's something wrong with the texture you know there's something wrong with the texture of this chicken and then I woke up and I had my down jacket you know in my mouth and I was chewing on my down wow. jacket you know with the down you know the feathers of the down and everything and and I woke up and I was like damn I, I must be I must be I must be having a harder time with this than I, I thought I was you know and you've climbed all over the world so Europe South America America everywhere I presume Asia yeah a lot of time a lot in the Arctic also Baffin <laughs> Island Greenland wow uh, Venezuela in the jungle in the jungle that we climbed some Tepui in Venezuela yeah, China on the near the Kyrgyzstan border. Do you have somewhere that like uh, you have a preference? I probably this is uh, Patagonia is is probably the places where I've come back to most. You know, they they have a 
there's there's a you know a saying here that if you eat the there's a calafate berry do you remember those and they say if you eat the uh, if you eat them there are little berries on a little on a plant and they say if you eat them you you you'll always have to come back you know you'll you'll so the first time I came here, I, I ate a little calafate berry and uh, yeah, I've been coming back every, every, every two or three years. So I've been here like uh, seven or eight times now and always for like three months. Well, and this time it's for more than 12 months. Was that last year? Was that last summer you were in Chamonix for a while? Yeah, I was in Chamonix for a while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Summer, I um, our kids, we, we did a bit of a tour to Mont Blanc. You know, we went from Chamonix to Courmayeur around Mont Blanc. So we were watching it every day. And then when we came back, there was world. The day we came back to Chamonix, there was these world championships at night time, you know, with a wall. Guys going up and down. Oh, yeah, I was there. I was oh, yeah. there. I think. I, yeah, yeah, I was there. Yeah. Wow. Because that was real. With, the atmosphere was electric. It was... So yeah, what's the climbing exactly. around there? Is it amazing? Is it that's kind of the the you know they consider it the home of of climbing, don't they? Chamonix, very historical pla- places too. You know, yeah, one of the birthplaces of of climbing, and uh, yeah, it's got some incredible places. You know, especially if you go off the the beaten path a little bit. You know, like yeah, it has very nice rock, and there's lots lot of things to do. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I really love that place too. You know. You know, like where you are now is beautiful. Like yeah, El Chalten is it's a sm- it's a very small town, and uh, yeah, it feels kind of like like uh, like Chamonix or something, but less without the, all the development and mm. you know without all the huge development. But it's it's a town that's that's growing, but you know, but it it doesn't have all the 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 ski lifts and all that kind of stuff. You know, it's all. It feels a lot wilder, you know. You have to, you have to walk. Like any approach here to any of the mountains, you know, it's at at least a, a six-hour approach to to base camp, you know, wow. from and then another two-three-hour approach to the base of the, the 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 mountain. So, so yeah, it's any any climb here is uh, is, is kind of a, a big a big uh, outing, you know what I mean? Like, but. Uh, but yeah, it's absolutely, absolutely, it has the, the, like a, a, a mountain feel to it. And and um, there's, I mean, it feels like th- there's a lot to do here. Like you you're, you just, you know, you just go for, you can just walk anywhere and, and, you know, you're out in the wild and you can go for long treks. Like there's out, out, out in the wild and there's, there's lots of rock, rock climbing too, like next, just next to town, you know, just just outside of town yeah and, and is there a whole community of you like is there a certain group i notice you're with you know people different people but notice faces reappearing and stuff when i'm following you like is it, is it yeah. a small community that rock climbing community that you're part of yeah it kind of is you know yeah it's a it's a very it's a very strong community you know wherever i go i can make friends and you know just yeah just thanks to rock climbing you know so mm. And and straight away wherever I go, you know, you're you're part of this community, and and um, you know, you make friends and stuff like that. So a lot of times I I go I, I might travel on my own, you know, I go traveling on my own, and and uh, I'll find people to climb with no 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 bother, you know, no problem. Yeah, I think uh, the most important thing, you know, when you're in when when. For, for what I'm doing and stuff in, in uh, for everything that I'm doing in the mountains is you know to, to enjoy yourself you know and to know why you're there and don't put pressure on yourself to 
to think that the summit is the most important thing, you know, uh, I think the most important thing is the experience, you know, and, and yeah. to, to, to enjoy it. So you can't, um, you, you can't uh, be afraid to, to go, to back off or to go, to go back down and things like that, you know? Uh, yeah. We, we enjoy, I mean, we enjoy ourselves when we go into the mountains and, and uh, that, that's why, um, you know, we also bring our, our musical instruments, like uh, my friend, uh, my main climbing partner, Nico, who's from Belgium, he always brings his guitar, which is a little bigger than the tin whistle. So, and, and I mean, it's, a, it kind of, it's kind of a, difficult to bring uh, these kind of instruments with you on the wall and stuff like that, you know, to, uh, into the mountains, you know, especially a, a small guitar, you know, my tin whistle weighs nothing. <laughs> but uh, yeah, and, and his brother, Ollie brings, a, he brings a, a small, um, squeeze box you know like uh, it's a, a concertina and uh yeah but but for us you know this this these instruments they kind of they they make kind of make they these musical instruments they're kind of part of our climbing kit you know they give us um they give us like uh energy you know and yeah. things like that like one year we we won the the golden ice axe like which is the biggest uh recognition you can get in alpinism you know in alpinism yeah uh -huh. it's, it's a huge thing you know and we got it for some of our ascents that we did in uh, in greenland and uh we got some critique uh we got criticized for that too because uh people were like they're bringing musical instruments some people were saying they're bringing musical instruments how can this be cutting edge climbing you know they're they bring and so but we love that we love that we thought that was very funny when we got that kind of criticism and on a wall like this you know sometimes it can be very heavy very daunting like because you there are moments where you get scared and where things are hard and stuff like that and uh, where the climb gets very kind of heavy and when you're when you're playing music you know it just lightens everything up because it brings you back into the moment and it, it, it kind of bring when you're playing music it kind of um brings you back to the essence you know just about living living the moment and kind of enjoying yourself and also when you're playing music you're not you're not waiting you know because a lot of times when when you're in this bad weather you're, you're kind of waiting for 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 good weather but when you're playing music you're not waiting you're busy you're 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 doing you're doing something in the moment you know you're being creative you're expression expressing yourself exactly. and so we're, we're here like in the mountains in bad weather in this little hanging tent playing music we're enjoying ourselves and so when the weather does turn good and when it is time to climb, you know, we ha haven't wasted all our, 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 motiva our motivation ha hasn't been like, I, I kind of, I, what I kind of say is like when the wet, like when you're waiting, it's like a rat, it's kind of eating your motivation, it's eating at your motivation and, and your, motiv your motivation is dying, you know, when, when you're waiting. But when we're playing music, we're not waiting, you know, and so this, mo our motivation doesn't, doesn't get doesn't get eaten away by the rat you know mm -hmm. and so when the weather does turn good you know we, we're still motivated and and we, and we feel a lot um lighter uh, i would say because because it can be really it can be really heavy sometimes you know and uh, so 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 our, our musical instruments are are uh, i think it kind of in a way it makes sense you know to, to be playing music up in the mountains yeah, Joe, you know what you're reminding me is you're kind of describing 
you know, in Ireland, particularly in the past, you know, the in the pub, the music, that's kind of what it was as well. It was like, it's rain, exactly. you know, in winter, like just say our bar, you know, we do a traditional session on a Monday and it's in winter is the time proper, you know, like it's raining outside, it's cold, you're in the pub yeah. and the fire is on and there's music. It's the same kind of thing. It's like, we're not going, we're going to enjoy the time of winter, not wait for the summer. Yeah. So it's kind of a similar yeah. kind of thing. That's the Irish thing in yeah, your blood, it, I think, you know. Yeah, it lifts your spirits for sure. Yeah. And for, for me, yeah, with with, uh, with my with my family, like um, they're very, they're very, they're a lot into singing. You know, we'd have huge uh, sing songs every Christmas and stuff like that. We'd come together and we'd have huge sing songs, you know, sing all sorts of Irish traditional songs. And then when I started climbing, my friend Nico, he's been playing guitar since he was uh, six years old. And uh, so we started traveling around, hitchhiking and uh, sport climbing and going to cliffs and stuff like that. And, and he was playing guitar. And, and I, I had this, um, yeah, I had all these songs, these traditional Irish songs. So I would sing Irish traditional songs and he would, he would just improvise and play along with his guitar, you know. And then I was like, oh, I need an instrument too. You know, one day I was like, I need an instrument too. And then the kind of the tin whistle was kind of the logical thing to, mm. to, to start off with because it's very easy. It just as it's, you know, it's easy and it's easy to carry around. So I started playing the tin whistle. Is there like a mountain or somewhere that you haven't done yet that's on your, you probably have millions on your bucket list? Yeah, there's still lots of things I'd like to do, but uh, Antarctica kind of, you know, the South Pole kind of has them. Um, the special feel to it because it's probably the most isolated place in the world and there's some big rock walls there like there's some big mountains there and uh, obviously the, the the huge difficulty there is uh, is the cold it gets very it's very very cold so for free climbing is very very harsh conditions you know for the because for free climbing you need your your fingers and and um so you can't really free climb with gloves and stuff like that. So that's uh, one of the hard things. And then the other, the other huge major difficulty of uh, the, is is getting there, obviously, because there, I mean, there's, it's, yeah, it's very hard to get there. You know, there's mm -hmm. no commercial flights and stuff like that. True. And what about um, in Europe? Like, is there is there is that a silly question? Like, is Everett's been climbed in the Alps? Are there places left in Europe to climb? Yeah, yeah, there's lots of places. Yeah, yeah, there's lots of places and lots of things to do in Europe. Yeah, there's, I mean, uh, you know, I, I travel all around the world, but in Europe, there's plenty of stuff. Like, I could, I, I'd be happy out, like, I could yeah. stay in Europe and be happy out. Like, I have plenty of challenges to, in, in Europe. Yeah. Even in Ireland, there's lots of stuff to do and there's, uh, lots of potential for for great adventures you know like uh yeah even th there's some places that feel very very isolated too uh that kind of feel like small expeditions in ireland like if you go on the islands uh like i was out in um in oe island uh oe okay. it's uh, uh near donegal okay. and it's a small island uh mm -hmm. you know that's been uh, there's an abandoned village there you know there's this so and and uh, you ask a fisherman to go to go and drop you off so this fisherman goes he drops you off on the island and then there's lots of sea cliffs you know and, and you're wow. just on this kind of uh island island where there's an abandoned village and uh, it kind of feels like an expedition you know even though you can see the mainland yeah, you know yeah. it's not that far away but uh 
Yeah, there's stories of, um, you know, star- of climbers being out there and storms coming in and they can't make it back for a few days, you know, so, oh, yeah. so they, they, they show up late, late for work, you know, because they show <laughs> a few days late for work and then they have to explain that they were out on an island and the weather was too bad for the fishermen to come pick them up, you know. <laughs> and tell us, have you done the, the, the Iger? I presume you have, or have you ever gone up that or? Yeah, last year we put up a, a new climb, a new route on the north face of the Eiger. Wow. And um, yeah, that was absolutely amazing. Yeah, that was absolutely incredible. I, um, yeah, Why is it so famous? Mine, I think mm-hmm. the history and stuff and the, the, yeah, I think for a long time it was kind of um, the, like the north face of the Eiger was renowned as the the last big challenge of the huge challenge of the Alps. Uh, yeah. yeah. I think it's just a very steep face and it's north facing, you know, just the history around it and everything. So yeah. was that was that amazing then to do a new route up it? Was that a buzz? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely incredible, you know, to just to be up there in this historic mountain and that has such a huge reputation and to be able to put up a, a new line on it, you know, where nobody's ever been, you know, to be the first uh, exploring this this new ground. Uh, like new vertical ground, you know, you're climbing up and you don't know if it's going to be possible. You don't know where you're going. You don't know uh, what you're going to find. You know, if you're going to find protection, you're running it out above your last piece, way above your last piece. And yeah, it's very, it's very exciting, very exciting stuff. It's like exploration, some shouting and stuff going on when we when we reach the top, the top and some, some singing or whatever. Yeah. So my, my last question that I ask everybody is, so it's essentially if you take four deep breaths and you think of your happy place from your travels, where would that be and why? Ooh, um, yeah, it's, I suppose it, it would have to be where I am now, you know, Patagonia, because um it's such it's just such a powerful place you know such so much it feels very wild and i think just the 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 the, the like the ferocious weather and everything just adds to that you know and it's um there's just it feels so wild and so wilderness so 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 much wilderness and so pristine and and um yeah, it's just an incredible place. The views, the light, the light, you know, the, the way the, the, the shape of the clouds and the way the sun and the light comes through the clouds and things like that. It's just a, a magical place. Yeah, it's funny. We, you know, people ask people about recommending somewhere and, you know, I kind of, it's a tricky one, you know, like, because it's so far away and hard work to get there to, you know, say tour Silpania. But I always say, if you could, that's where I'd recommend because, you really feel like you're at the end of the world, don't you? You know, exactly. and the weather, yeah. as you say, the weather is part of it because it's literally each yeah. day. I'm just walking, but each day is like, will we be able to get to the next place or not? Or will you have to go back? And it's part exactly. you know, it's- yeah. yeah, I mean, the, the wind here is just incredible. It's just how powerful it is. Like there's days you you can't walk, you can't stand up, you know, you're on, you're on all fours, like crawling just to... and we've we've had approaches where we're just like it feels like a, a war zone you know we're just running from one boulder to the next trying to protect yourself from the, the wind because it's so it's incredibly powerful incredibly powerful it's just incredible no hopefully i get to see you sometime maybe when you're in ireland i'm in clamel 
Clamel. So anytime you're around this, actually the Cumras, I don't know if there's much climbing, but there's loads of mountains, the Galtys, the Cumras, Knockmeal Downs. There is climbing. climbing. Yeah, there's some amazing, yeah. There, yeah, there's some very, very good climbing in the Cumras. I love that place. Yeah, is it's there? very, very um, adventurous climbing, very yeah. adventurous climbing. Yeah. Good. Yeah. No, I love it. I love it here. I've I've been learning the Ilan pipes for for th for three years now, and uh, so but I spent a lot of time here uh, in Patagonia. I was very I was very happy that I brought them along with me to Patagonia because obviously during the lockdown and everything I spent a lot of time in them, and uh, I'm enjoying them an awful lot. They're they're a very difficult instrument. I just have a practice set, but uh, it's uh, I I've been enjoying it a lot and. Yeah, it's 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 brought me a lot of uh, good moments and joy, and I like I like walking off, uh, you know, uh, into into nature and playing some tunes out there somewhere on my own. So I'll, I'll play a little tune for you. This one's Ooh. called um, the the Blarney Pilgrim. And congratulations again. Thank you. I would ask if you could please subscribe to Apple Podcast so a new episode will appear in your library every week. I would also really appreciate if you could leave a rating and a review as it helps others to discover this podcast. To find out who's on every Tuesday, please follow me on Instagram and Facebook at Travel Tales with Fergal. Stay safe and keep dreaming of future travels. Travel Tales with Fergal.